We are here on a brand new podcast. We're calling this Top 25 Voter Pod. Where we never mail it in. As opposed to voter fraud, yes. Uh, We have alongside me, uh, on my screen right there, he's probably right there, uh, Chad Conine. Welcome, Chad. Thank you. I am. I am. The, I vote in the women's poll. That's right. You vote in the women's poll. You are the beat writer for the Baylor Lady Bears here at the Trib. And then below us, always below us, is <laughs> John Werner, uh, who votes in the top twenty-five men's basketball poll and covers the Baylor men's basketball team. Both of whom are uh, in the top ten in the country. Welcome, John. Hey, oh, were you talking about us being like a top 10 voter? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you never stole, show up on that poll stalker. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, is that even a thing on the women's side? I don't know. It might be. Uh, I, I've, I've had my share of Twitter call outs. There you go. Mostly That's- by Iowa State fans. Which it's kind of I've I've become the Iowa State fan villain. <laughs> they like to uh, any, anybody associated with Baylor, and I know we're not really associated with Baylor. We cover Baylor, but uh, they they come at them hard. Iowa State fans. So guys, uh, you guys do cover the the Baylor teams. Uh, both of them had highly successful seasons last year that got cut short because of you know, COVID and, and the NCAA tournaments getting canceled as we, you know, try to project out, which is a scary thing to do in 2020, 2021. Uh, but what are the chances that either of these Baylor teams moves up to number one uh, before the end of the season? Chad, I'll start with you. Lady Bear. Well, it's, yeah, with the women, it's, it's hard to, I mean, obviously there's, there could be teams that lose in front of you. That's, that's the number one way to move up in the poll. You know, that, that's the normal way. People in front of you lose, you move up, right? I mean, there are some merit ba- merit-based votes always, but most of the time, you know, a couple teams lose in front of you, you move up a couple spots. And I think that, you know, that's a possibility, especially when you look at uh, South Carolina playing in the SEC, NC State playing the ACC, and they're going to play probably some higher-ranked teams, you know, that have a chance to beat them. Um Stanford, uh, you know, will have to play UCLA and Oregon, so they could lose the game. They're ranked number one right now. I actually, right now, I've been voting, um, you know, based on my own poll and my own previous voting record, I've been voting NC State number one, and they're actually tied for number three. But I, they have the best win of the year. They won, went to South Carolina when South Carolina was number one and beat them there. Um, so that's, I think, merit-based NC State's number one right now. But, you know, when it comes to Baylor and their chance to move up, it's it's all going to come down to two games against Texas and how, how high can Texas get ranked. Um, because if Texas can keep winning and Baylor beats them twice, that's going to look really good on Baylor's resume, both for rankings and the potential to move up to number one and the chance to get a number one seed. And, and it looks like, uh, you know, Bryce, I might be staying with your family in the San Antonio area for the whole month of, of March and April. <laughs> Yeah, no uh, doubt. Ends up I, in San Antonio. I've got several. Uh, yeah, I've got several options down there. So I might, uh, I might probably wear out my welcome pretty quick. <laughs> well, we'll just bounce you around between the different spots. So okay, okay. Um, 
Yeah, you know, uh, you mentioned something uh, that's key there, I think, Chad, and that's uh, those games against Texas. I've, I've said for a long time that, you know, one of the things that sort of holds Baylor back almost from a poll perspective is the fact that the Big 12 has been – pretty top heavy in terms of it's been the lady bears and, and the little little Lilliputians, you know, I mean, uh, they just haven't really had that strong of a conference in the last really since A&M left, honestly. And yeah, and so, and I'll tell you what it is. Um, you know, uh, they don't, the women's basketball recruiting isn't quite as sophisticated from a ranking standpoint as, as football and, and men's basketball, or especially football. I mean, nothing is, let's be honest. Uh, uh, you know, in terms of three stars and all of that, and how many the plethora of three stars and you got in football, you'll have three stars that are offered by all power five teams, you know, and then you might have a three star that's getting offers from like La Tech and Lamar. Right. Um, but in women's basketball, Baylor and UConn and probably Oregon and a handful of other programs. I don't know in the time that I've been covering Baylor, they, that they've got a commitment from or signed anybody that was less than a top 50 national player. You know, and, and the other Big 12 schools, they're recruiting three stars. You know, if they get a four star, four, five star, it's it's a it's a big deal for them. I mean, uh, you know, and it, at Baylor, it's almost like non McDonald's All-Americans need not apply. Mm-hmm. And so when you have that kind of talent gap, it's, it's it, you're, you're going to run away from everybody like they have. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, it's. It's a different way, I think, of thinking for some of these top players because, uh, you know, I think a lot of times in the men's game, you'll see that talent spread out a little more evenly because those guys are like, man, I'm going to go over here where I can maybe get some run, get some playing time. Uh, It seems like the women are like, I'm going to go over here where we can win a national championship, you know, Uh, and so that that becomes you, you see the Yukons and the Baylors and others, like you mentioned, Oregon stockpiling a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. Johnny, how about the men? You know, Bryce, I think they have a really good shot in the next couple of weeks. I'd say a great shot, but uh, they've got to sweep this schedule, which, OK, they play TCU on the road Saturday. Then their next three games are at home against West Virginia at Texas Tech and then Kansas at home. If they win those four games, they're going to be number one. I, mm. I don't care what Gonzaga does. They're going to be number one. And the now reason- you better not put that game in the, in the bank, that, that game tonight in the bank quite just yet. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, after tonight is, is what I'm saying. Right, right, right. But, uh, yeah, so Gonzaga has played the toughest part of its schedule. It's already beaten uh, Kansas, West Virginia, Iowa, and uh, Virginia. I mean, those are some pretty heavyweight teams they've beaten. And, uh, you know, it's just too bad Baylor and Gonzaga wasn't able to play on December 5th in Indianapolis. And uh, I'm still hoping that game will be uh, rescheduled at some point. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that, uh, that would be a win for college basketball if, if they're able to get that game in. Right. But, you know, B- Baylor's schedule gets a lot harder. And, you know, if they win some of those games, and they may not even have to win all of them. I think they've got a pretty good shot. Yeah, which kind of leads me to my next question. John, scroll your screen down just a little bit so we don't get as much of the ceiling. There you go. <laughs> we'd rather we'd rather show our lovely viewers more of you. No. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about so that. 
you know, you hit on something there. Obviously, from the men's perspective, the Big 12 actually benefits Baylor in that it is loaded with really top teams. Um, so, Johnny, I mean, what's the strongest conference out there in terms of men's basketball? I think it's uh, probably up for grabs between the Big 12 and the Big 10. Uh, the, uh, the Big 12 has five teams in the top 18 teams, um, Baylor number two, uh, Texas four, Kansas six, West Virginia 14, Texas Tech 18. So that's pretty strong. And really, and there's a couple other teams that are, you know, have a chance to get in there, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Uh, th- those are really good teams too. So it's, it's a really strong conference. Um, uh, the Big Ten is really strong too. Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin, uh, several other teams are, are really good. And Michigan State, they're always good. And uh, But, yeah, I, I think those two conferences stand quite a bit ahead of the rest. ACC has five teams in the, in the top 25. But their highest-ranked team, this is kind of weird, Virginia Tech is number 19. So those five teams are from 19 through 25. Mm. So uh, And Duke hasn't played in – at least probably about a month or so. So, uh, but yeah, and uh, I, I think the the conference really helps Baylor. God, Duke is, I mean, that's just a, a, a glaring example of, of what's wrong with rankings is that Duke is still number 21 at three and two. I mean, that's a joke. Who's yeah, voting for Duke? I voting for them. To me, to be ranked, you got to play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It is a COVID season, <laughs> so, you know. Uh, well, here, I mean. Here we've got Ohio State in the uh, national championship football game and and certainly didn't play as many games as as everyone else and yet proved to be one of the best teams. So, um, you know, I, th- I do think there's an argument there that, like, like we've said on a lot of things, it's hard to judge uh, – teams, players, coaches in a COVID season, you know? Well, that's true. I want to, I want to ask you, I, I don't want to harp on the Duke thing because we could go round and round, but you know, when, when you look at the big 12 and you look at how good Oklahoma and Oklahoma state have been, even in, in spots, probably five and I mean, six and seven. Uh, do you think, do you think the big 12 is looking at seven teams in the tournament? Potentially. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Right now it's, Probably definite. But yeah. We'll, we'll see how things go. Just keep your head above eight, then you'll be all right. Yeah. I think seven's a pretty potentially potential number for the Big 12. So, Chad, on the women's side, uh, who is a conference that usually stands out as the top there? Well, you know, I think um, – I think the SEC and women's basketball kind of is a little bit like the SEC in football. You know, they – they get a lot of credit, but they produce a lot of good teams. And, and um, when you look at the rankings this year, uh, even though the SEC, when South Carolina's at five now, which South Carolina started the season, I think, at number one and, and finished the season number one last year. But uh, in between five and 14, you've got South Carolina, Texas A&M, Kentucky, Arkansas, and Mississippi State. And I feel like any of those teams can, can – 
you know, challenge and beat any of the others uh, on any on any given night. Um, and and you know, Baylor went to Arkansas and, and lost the game. Although I think I think Baylor probably had the better team. It got into uh, a little bit of that officiating situation where where a game is going to be called a certain way, and one team's able to take advantage of that. You know, I don't know I don't know if either of y'all watched that game, but Arkansas was doing that thing where the where the driver bodies up. You know bodies up just long enough to get a shot off and then they send them to the line time after time after time. I think, I think, uh, Arkansas shot something like 38 free throws that night and, uh, and, and, and one by five and Baylor shot 18 free throws. Mm. So, uh, so basketball is, you know, I mean, the officials will drive you crazy in basketball. Bryce, you and I were just talking about the other night about technicals in the NBA and how that affected the, the Rockets Mavericks game the other night. But, um, not not to stray too far off sub, uh, off subject though the SEC looks really good the uh, the ACC of course has Louisville and NC State there and I'm like I said I'm voting NC State number one right now and Louisville is is has been really good and is really good so um, the, those conferences are really strong and the, and and the the catch twenty two or the, uh, the the other side of that double edged sword is when you're Louisville or NC State and you're trying to get to that number one spot. Uh, you know, you, you've got to you've got to play the other one, right? Or you've got to go play um, some of the some of these other teams that are ranked, and especially the SEC. If South Carolina is trying to climb back to number one, that's the great thing about college basketball, though, is you don't got to climb climb to number one. If you can climb to number four, you get yourself a number one seed. But even even if you don't do that, I mean, it's 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 anybody's game, and, and even though it's going to be weird this year. And it's not going to be my favorite thing like it always is. Like the, the NCAA, NCAA tournament is always my favorite sporting event of the year. And it's going to be a little bit weird this year. And maybe it won't be my, my favorite sporting event of this year. But I think it's still going to, I think it's still going to happen and come to fruition. And, and uh, I'll, I'll say more about that in a second. So, uh, John, as you mentioned, the, the Big 12 on the men's side has five teams in the top 18. That's pretty strong. Uh, Baylor, Texas, Kansas, West Virginia, and Texas Tech. We just saw Texas make a, a bit of a jump because they knocked off the Jayhawks. Um, what do you envision? Do you envision more shuffling, you know, among those five? Or, like you said, even an Oklahoma or an Oklahoma State, uh, you know, uh, do you see a lot of movement as, as the season progresses? Yeah, uh, you know, I think Baylor's going to be up in the – top 10 all year, probably. Uh, I think, you know, Texas is a real intriguing team to me. Uh, I don't think anybody knew they'd be this good, but they, they really are good. I mean, they beat Kansas 84 59 at Allen Fieldhouse. Mm-hmm. I mean, hardly anybody goes in there and wins and nobody <laughs> before Texas has beaten self like that a self team like that uh, in Lawrence. So I, I think they've got a really good team. Uh, you know, it, uh, that's another shame. Um, you know, Baylor's supposed to play Texas mm-hmm. here mid-December. That would have been a fantastic game. Uh, but, you know, they're going to reschedule it for the last week of the season in March, early March. So that could be – that might be the game that decides it. Yeah. You know, we'll see how it goes. But that could be, a you know, a real uh, – you know, a real strong matchup right there. But, yeah, you know, I, I, I think Oklahoma State's a really good team. They've got Cade Cunningham, probably the 
he could be the top pick in the NBA draft this year. He's definitely a top three. And, uh, you know, he makes everybody else there better. And uh, they should have beat West Virginia uh, the other day, a couple of days ago. Uh, they had a huge lead in the second half, and West Virginia came back. So, uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I think there's going to be some shuffling just because there's so many good teams. I also wouldn't count out Kansas, you know, quite yet. Oh, no, no. Uh, you know, I, I was flipping around last night and saw a little bit of Kansas TCU. I might have watched more if it had been a little bit more of a competitive game. But um, And, of course, the Jayhawks were, were thumping them. But, uh, you know, Bill Self's teams tend to get better as the season progresses. Oh, yeah. And they would be just the kind of team that would, you know – be motivated by everybody sort of counting them out and, and they could slip right up there and win another big 12 title. How many in a row has it been half a Julian? I don't know. Yeah. Well, they lost a couple of years. They, the, the red Raiders and the, in Kansas state they ended stayed. their streak a couple of years ago. Okay. That's right. But, but Hey, you know, the thing about Kansas in this season, and then it leads me to another point about men's basketball. If I can pontificate on that for a second, but, uh, Kansas has the most distinct home home court advantage mm-hmm. in the Big Twelve, and that COVID season that's kind of out the window, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, and so that's going to be a problem for them, I think. And and I'm not sure. I don't know, John. You've been covering the Big Twelve basketball longer than I have. I'm not sure you've ever had more talent in the conference than you have. I mean, we're talking about Oklahoma State. Uh, being, you know, this maybe the sixth best best team or fighting their way up in the top five, maybe with Cade Cunningham and, and a guy that wasn't, wasn't he like the number one recruit in the nation or something like that. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, Texas Tech has a McDon- their first McDonald's All American ever, and and Baylor and and, and Kansas and, and I mean, like a guy like Brady Manick at Oklahoma just gets overshadowed, you know, and and they've got some other really good players at, at Oklahoma and they're you know, the sixth or seventh best team. And Texas is absolutely loaded. I mean, I don't know that Texas has ever been more loaded. I, I don't know that, John, has there ever been a time when there was more just straight-up talent? And and the thing is, nobody just goes out and mails it down on talent. Everybody plays really hard defense. And so it just comes down to who can make, you know, more three-pointers and who has gets more good bounces. Yeah, I, Chad, I think across the board there, there has not been more talent, uh, you know, across the league. Now, you know – Teams like Kansas have kind of hoarded talent, <laughs> you know, where they had a whole lot of it. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, just across the whole league. Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. It's that's what makes it fun, you know, every, every game to watch because, you know, I mean, you never know. And like you said, the, the home court advantage probably won't count as much this year. And that's probably going to hurt Kansas the most because that's by far the best home court advantage by by anybody. So, uh yeah, it's going to be really fun to see how, you know, everything kind of unveils the next couple months. There there has been uh, certainly plenty of talented guys come through the Big 12 and talented teams, but I do tend to agree with you all that uh, it, it's more evenly distributed. It's more spread out than it maybe has ever been. Um, I don't know that we have one guy in the league that's better than a Kevin Durant right now. 
or, you know, maybe a Blake Griffin or something like that. We've had some dadgum good players come through this league. Jarrett Culver, you know, uh, yeah. others. Yeah, but uh, – Well, the sport is so guard guard dominated. And so you're not – I mean, you don't have a seven-footer out there playing, playing a three, you know, <laughs> as far as I know right now. I mean, that's kind of what Cape Cunningham is like. But yeah, he's not quite seven-foot, I don't think. So when you guys are looking – at your poll votes, you know, for that week. I, I remember when I voted on the women's poll, uh, you know, what what do you kind of look for when you're when, – especially, I, I guess, the real question might be, you know, 20 to 25, uh, you know, what do, what do you look for in a top 25 team? And, Chad, you hit on it a little bit with why you have NC State as high as, as you do, but – um, you know, what, what's kind of your own personal voter uh, qualifications? Yeah, well, this is, uh, you know, this is my second year of doing it. And I developed kind of a process where, um, you know, I, I, I keep a record of my poll from the last week. And then I go ahead and write that whole poll down on paper so I can go through how they fared and look at the scores. And I can make little marks like, you know, an up arrow if you beat a top 25 team a down arrow if you lost a game, and particularly if you lost to a non-top 25 team, I might put two down arrows. Or if you lost two games, I put two down arrows. If you if you, if you you lost a game but it was to a team ranked higher than you, I might put an arrow. To, you know. So I kind of make little marks like that, and, and that allows me to, to say, hey, you know, this team it, it deserves to move up on merit. Now, then you move people down, and obviously people get bumped up because of that. And – I think that allows me at least to take a more comprehensive look at what everybody is doing uh, and, and, and week to week and vote based on my poll. I, I don't think that I want to vote based on what the previous week's top 25 was. I want to keep voting on what my evaluation was and change my evaluation instead of changing based on, on the top 25. Um, you know, I, I've heard of these guys that have like rules like uh, they're not going to vote uh, they're not going to vote for a team in the top 25 until they've beaten somebody else on the road, you know? So this guy had a logic a couple of years ago that he wasn't going to vote for team a because they hadn't won a road game yet, even though they'd beaten a good team on a neutral court. But if that, instead of beating that good team on a neutral court, they'd beaten like, you know, a group of five team, lower conference group of five team on that team's home court, he would have put them in the top 25 and that didn't make any sense to me. So. Uh, that that's kind of my process, and maybe we'll I'll elaborate more on that as this podcast goes on in, in coming weeks. Johnny, yeah, I'd say the b- most important thing to me is strength of schedule. You know, and that's why you know you'll see so many Big Twelve, uh, Big Ten, ACC teams, and you know a lot of those teams are going to beat each other every week. But but to me, you've got to play somebody, you know, to 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 go up, and uh, you know I, you know there's been Teams that, I mean, like a school like St. Louis, uh, they get they finally got in the top 25, but to me, they just weren't really playing good teams. And uh, and to me, to get into the top 25, if, if you're right on the verge, you either get like a really long winning streak or you've just got to have like a, a, a wow win. You know, you beat somebody in the top 25, in the top 10. So, uh, but... But, yeah, to me, strength of schedule is the most important thing. I think that's good insight. Uh, it sounds similar to maybe the way I approached it uh, when I was doing it. Um, and just to show 
the viewers a little bit of how the sausage is made. Uh, the AP, you know, a person who's kind of in charge of the poll usually will send the voters an email each week uh, with how the top 25 fared that week, which does help, uh, it, you know, just help you kind of keep track of, oh, yeah, you know, that team beat that team. And uh, but it is, you know, it is important to do your homework. Um, I think that's a good place to stop for now. As Chad said, we're going to keep this podcast going. I think, you know, we'll, uh, for for those people who are really into college basketball, but really maybe poll geeks, I guess, will uh, hopefully get into this. But, uh, guys, thanks for uh, jumping on, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Yep. Thanks, guys.